Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another wild and woolly week at the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast. It's Tina Constant here, and as always, if you want the waffle, then drop down to the show notes or go visit www.tinaconstant.com. But before you go and do that, here's a story by me for you about finding your way and knowing yourself. This all happened on an island somewhere north of where you are. There was a small town. It was an exceedingly ordered, neat and organized town. Now to keep things that way, the town would challenge a champion every year. This was something people had to undertake before they could move on, move up or in any way be taken seriously. It was a journey that took them around the tip of the island, down the west coast, across three rivers, through a valley and then back to the town again. They were not only judged on whether they finished the course or not, they were also judged on a set of expectations that had been written centuries earlier that the town still adhered to. It included how well they cooperated, how relevant their contributions were, their ability to follow instructions and much, much more. Now, every child who lived 15 seasons qualified for the challenge, but it wasn't mandatory. No one had to take part. But those who did not were refused access to the biggest and brightest tables at the feast. Now, the challenge itself wasn't particularly hard. The instructions, though, the guidelines and the rules that they had to follow, that was a different story. As a result, in preparation for the event, those taking part formed alliances, they studied, they planned, they devised, they created strategies, all to be sure they were ready. Follow the path, they were told from a very young age, and you will be fine. Ovia had attempted the challenge three times, and three times she had failed. Not because she wasn't smart enough or strong enough or good enough, but because she got distracted, she took detours and usually got lost. There was just so much to see and to feel and experience and do. The first time she had to be saved from the middle of the Great Lakes. The second she had to be lifted off a cliff face in the mountains. And the third, well, the third she fell into a bog and almost drowned. So when she put herself forward for the challenge again, the village laughed. Then they told her that this was the last time she'd be allowed to try. If she failed again, she'd be one of the pitied and be sent to the caves to live out her days until the wolves took her in the night and ate her alive. Everyone laughed at Ovia's fear. The only voice that kept her strong was that of her grandfather, who was, to the family's shame, one of the pitied himself. He had been sent away when Ovia was just a child, but she remembered him. Ignore what people say, he had said. Be yourself. Do it your way. So the challenge day came. Twelve people were taking part. Well, that's twelve plus one because Ovia was there, but, well, the village weren't really taking her seriously. All the others clung together. 
They had already formed strong teams, each with a role, each with a purpose, each clutching maps and guidebooks under their arms. Ovia stood some distance from them, with nothing but a small bag she used to gather what she found on the road. The town hushed. The runners readied themselves. The great flag dropped. And everyone, except Ovia, began to run. Now, not wanting to get caught in the jostle and the dust, and wanting to enjoy the view, Ovia hung back for a while before she followed the rest. As a result, the others got to the first river long before her, and they were ready to leave just as she arrived. They sniggered and shook their heads. They told her to quit. They told her to accept that she would never amount to anything, and that she might as well save the rescue team some trouble and go home. But Avia wasn't ready to quit. She studied the river instead. It was flowing faster and louder than usual. I know another route, she said. We don't have to cross all three rivers. There is a better way. The others laughed, picked up their bags, and left. The path has been followed for a thousand years, they shouted at her. It is the only way to go. Ovia tried to keep up, but the group, well-rested, fed and watered, disappeared ahead of her. By dusk, she couldn't even see their torches. But Ovia kept going until the fifth day, when her peers were far, far ahead of her, and the village was far, far behind. It was dark, it was cold and wet, and Ovia had to admit that she was lost again. Finding a small cave for shelter, Ovia stopped. To rest, to eat, to sleep, to make a plan, to read the stars, to think. She could retrace her steps and go back, of course she could, but the village would most certainly send her to the caves where people who never found their purpose or reason lived out their days in lost confusion. No one ever came back from the caves. Ovia had heard the stories her whole life. It was a fate worse than death. It had happened to people she knew and loved, people she liked and connected with, people she understood. It had happened to her grandfather. Once a pitied, always a pitied, and were never talked of again. Avia lit a small fire. She opened her bag and took out a handful of mushrooms. Warming them on the flames, she closed her eyes, she pulled her thin knees tight under her chin, and she took a breath. I won't be pitied, she murmured. I'll find my way. I won't be pitied. With childhood stories echoing in her mind, Ovia put out the fire. She ate the last of the mushrooms, put her exhaustion aside, and tried to find the path that the others had taken. She might come in last, but she would come in. Dark as the night was, Ovia stepped out of the cave and started to head to the valley.
I wouldn't go that way if I were you, a voice growled from the shadows. Ovia stopped. She looked around her, but her eyes were still dim from the firelight. Who is that? Who's there? A friend. If you'll believe it, you're lost. You're tired. But you're smart. So I wouldn't go that way. But there is no other way, said Ovia. There is only one way. The silence around Ovia was thick and heavy. And like any silence, Ovia filled it. Are you suggesting the mountains? I'll never make it over those, and the wolves own all the other routes. If that is what you think, you're not as smart as I thought, and I'm wasting my time. And although Ovia still couldn't see anything, she knew she was alone again. Ovia thought for a moment. If she got lost in the valley, she would never live it down. But going over the mountains would be crazy. And there was only one other way. But the stories. All her life she had heard the stories of the pitied who were sent to the caves never to be heard from again. People who refused to take the challenge, who couldn't finish the challenge, who refused to take their place in society, who just didn't fit. They're untidy, is what her parents always said. Avia shut her eyes for a moment, and her grandfather's voice filled her head. Ignore what people say. Do it your way. Ovia turned away from the valley. She turned away from the mountain. And she took the third path. She went into the caves where the wolves lived, where the pitied died. It was dark. It was cold, like this place had never seen the warmth of a flame or life or love or even hope. Each inch of fiber in her body told her to run away, but those same fibers told her to keep on going. The wolves howled. Ovia paused. The howls were coming from inside the cave. She was sure of it, loud and hard and deep and brutal. Ovia kept going. She breathed, she hummed, she yelled into the dark, I'm here and you're not going to stop me. When she heard padding feet in the shadow, she slowed, but she didn't stop. Every tunnel she took led to a fork in the path, left or right, up and down, choices, so many choices. Following her heart and her gut, she chose path after path, turning left, turning right. Every turn she took, every choice she made, she got bolder, she got stronger, she got braver. Some paths were dead ends, so what? She just turned around and she tried again. Now, ask Ovia and she'll tell you herself. As she traveled through those caves, she did occasionally wish she had stuck with a group and stayed on the path through the valley. Where would they be now, she wondered, home already? Then she'd see a light or smell a scent of something unusual or interesting, and she would keep on going. 
After more twists and turns than she could ever trace, she reached the middle of the mountain. A fire burned at the heart of a wide, high cave. Grunts, sparks, howls and growls echoed through the tunnels so hard and loud she couldn't tell where they came from, but she stood firm. She breathed in, she breathed out. Do it my way, she whispered. Ovia stepped up to the fire and warmed her hands. You made it. A voice growled from somewhere behind her. Ovia turned. Behind her was a wolf, grey, big and wild. Next to the wolf was a man, an old man, a man she knew as a child, a man who had told her over and over to do things her way. But you that pitied, Ovia gasped. Ovia's grandfather laughed. That's what they call us. And I knew you'd make it, he said. He scratched the grey wolf behind the ears. The wolf stretched and sniffed and ambled towards Ovia. He only goes to those who know fear, but live anyway. Ovia squeezed her hands into fists, then breathed and relaxed, reached down and touched the wolf. She didn't flinch when he took her hand in his mouth. She didn't flinch when he circled around her and leaned against her. She didn't flinch when he growled, then lay at her feet. The old man smiled. He put his arms around Ovia's shoulders. You've grown strong, Ovia. Let me show you something. With the wolf at her side, Ovia stared as people came out of the shadows, all with wolves at their heels. Ovia knew their faces. She knew these people. They were the people she had loved and connected with, people she liked and understood, people who had been sent away and apparently died, pitied, never to be spoken of again. Walking beside her grandfather, Ovia strode through the tunnels, Art flickered on the walls, music echoed through the halls. Every cave was full of wild experiments, smells and sounds, broken things, fixed things, and trees. Forests of trees with roots feeding off the rivers that ran underground and branches stretching high out the mountaintop. At every turn, obvious saw people laughing and playing and shouting and fighting and arguing and debating joining in and being embraced. Ovia laughed. Untidy. Her parents were right. They were untidy, and it was beautiful. Finally, they came to a mouth of a cave that overlooked the valley, at the end of which was the village. With the sun rising, Ovia saw that her peers had arrived home. They were all wet and Shivering, bedraggled and exhausted, they were all lined up, clutching scrolls that said they were worthy. Ovia watched them form a queue in front of a wide table, each with a plate. The mayor stood behind the table with a ladle. 
as each of Ovia's peers stepped forward, the mayor dished up what they deserved based on how they had fared in the challenge. Some were happy with what they got, some were not. They all grinned and bore it. Watch them, Ovia's grandfather said. What do you see? Ovia watched. From where she stood, she saw straight lines, she saw expectations, she saw worries, she saw fear, she saw boxes, she saw fences, she saw rules that led to nothing except control. Tell me, the old man whispered, who would you say are the pity? And there you go. That's it from the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast. If you want the waffle, go ahead and take a look at the show notes or drop by www.tinaconstant.com and come along and say hi. In the meantime, have a beautiful week and I will be with you next week for another wild woolly adventure somewhere in the universe. Bye-bye now.